Welcome back to Ice and Firecast, episode 25. This is a podcast dedicated to just this little little show on HBO. Uh, no, no one's ever heard of it called Game of Thrones. Um, <laughs> my name is Max Bennett, and I'm here with uh, John hey, Perez. What's up? Back? Not too much. Um, all right. Season eight, episode five. Yep. It is the penultimate episode. The final penultimate episode of Game of Thrones. And in uh, true Game of Thrones fashion, yeah. they threw a lot at us in that second to last episode of the of the season and of the series. They certainly, um, did. They certainly have. So a little bit of housekeeping just real quick. So this is this episode directed by our boy. Our boy. We are we are, we are B- BFFs. Yep. That's Miguel Sapochnik. Totally what we are. I mean, uh, we're, he, the, we're the biggest. They call us the biggest Miguel Shapotnik fan. So just saying, I mean, he's say, he's in the say. group chat all the time. All, he's in like, our Discord, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you if somehow you've gotten this far and don't know who it is, he's the director of the Battle of Winterfell, the Battle of the Bastards, Hard Home, uh, the uh, oh, <laughs> basically all your favorite Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah, he's yep. probably a director of it. So. Yep, and uh, then this episode was written was written by David Benioff, D.B. Weiss, and D and D. Some they call them, yeah, D and D, and then some other guy. I don't. I, the name wasn't familiar. Named George R. R. Martin. Hmm, um, never heard of him. Up and coming, but um, <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, a little more seriously, like yeah, like this is they were throwing the heavy hitters at this episode last sure. night, um, and I think at least in a pure production value, it showed. But um, we were talking about this. I, I'm I'm curious, just. Like quick thoughts. Like I know, I know. After last week, the episode was a little. I think we were a little shaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> um, sure. I think after, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, and I think I was a little. I was probably a little more um, positive during the podcast, and then as the week went on, like, yeah, I was. I, I got a little, a little less positive. Sure. Um, but but just let me know, like. Two seconds. Like, what was your thought on last night's episode? Uh, hmm. I loved it, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting because um, I think when you watch Game of Thrones, especially this last season, I think we're all. It's almost like when we, the feeling that I have is when you go into um, Star Wars um, episode nine uh, after like you know, I don't know fifteen. I don't know how long it's been since the prequels came out, you know, 15 plus years, 20 plus years. Mm. Or like when you're going into Endgame almost because, I mean, Endgame is kind of a little more, I think, more relatable because you just don't know how you're going. You don't know how you're going to react, you know. Um, You're hoping for the best. And I feel like all season long fans have, I think part of the problem is fans have just had almost unreal expectations in a lot of different ways. Um, Or maybe we've, been or maybe we've been trained to think one way uh when the show is it might be going a different way or the show might be or the writers let's just say the writers uh especially D, like they want to do their vision and i think a lot of the act or a lot of the fans either i think either have just crazy expectations or maybe even just um maybe have been trained to think that of something that's going to happen the, the what they what they they want to see what they want on screen when it not it's not necessarily what what they're gonna see. But um, 
personally though two seconds of <clears throat> my hot take of it I, I like my fire take let's just say that like i loved it dude i absolutely loved it i thought it was really well um shot the cinematography was on point the um music was on point the storytelling i thought was pretty good like it wasn't perfect obviously um it's the second to last episode and there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered a lot of more answered in this in this episode and they have ha- i mean we've talked all all podcasts all season long about kind of the pacing of the show and our problems with the pacing but at this point it's like all right i mean you kind of have to just like leap with the show you know you have to take that giant leap you have to kind of move yourself forward in a lot of different ways and yeah we can question the show and question kind of the the logistics of the show the pace of the show the scope of the show but i will say this man like regardless of what however you thought the episode of or regardless of how you thought about the episode i mean that was a really impressive episode i mean it's that episode to me was like nothing we've ever seen in that show before and that's saying a lot because we've seen a lot so i personally i loved it man how about you yeah, I I agree. I think I think I texted you. Yeah, late last night, and I yeah. was just like, I was like, I'm just gonna predict. I think we got some positive things to say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Which is interesting because, I mean, I want to get your thoughts, of course, but I, I also want you to just oppose them towards how everyone else feels because I feel like the majority of people are are like hated that episode. Um, and we'll probably talk about why we think people hated that episode. But I just found it so interesting, like when you when we like something, Max, it's like it's like, are we in the right? Like or are we just like, do we have our like rose colored glasses on or something? Mm-hmm. And when I started like when I when I came away from the episode, I, I, I ended up like not watching. By the way, I ended up not watching with Twitch last night and I apologize. I know a lot of my viewers were um, looking forward to watching this episode with me and I apologize um, it was Mother's Day and my wife is just an awesome mother. So shout out to all mothers out there. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back and kind of watch this episode with my wife because we haven't seen one episode together this entire season. Um, and I remember like my wife and I were like high-fiving each other. It was just like an awesome time. And then the second I got on the internet, it was like all hate. And I was like really confused. So number one, I would like to know how you feel, Max, but also just like just to pose that with like the fan reaction, I guess overall fan yeah reaction. yeah i mean i i think um for me I, I share a lot of your same feelings i think um and i probably just put in our if you haven't seen last night's episode oh, we're gonna go full go. spoilers full, so full-on spoilers this, oh yeah yeah so you get like five seconds of me blathering on before i'm gonna dive right into it um which is basically i i, I thought everything more or less landed and yeah. was was excellent except for the jamie storyline okay just kind of the way that and it wasn't necessarily talk about that yeah i'm excited to talk about that um and and i think i I put it up on twitter um kind of this morning where i was just like for me it's a top five episode like yeah Yeah. it's up there with hard home battle bastards and all that sure and had it not been for that jamie piece okay with that arc to me it would have been the best episode yeah that's good okay um and then yeah and so and i think I think the online is just a little. I, I think there's a, a lot of different reasons why it's getting. I, have I don't your, think I have your tweet is, by the way, if you if you don't mind oh, reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Maxwell Bennett on Twitter says season eight point four was one of the worst Game of Thrones episodes, but season eight point five to me was up there with Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, Light of the Sevens. Jamie and Cersei's story was the only thing that kept it from being the best ever. So good tweet. I like it. I retweeted yeah. it. Thanks. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think I think online it was a little. Uh, there's a couple different reasons. I think you have a group of people who are just the misery loves company. Like yep. they they're just unhappy from either last week's episode or whatever happened with Battle of Winterfell, and they're just sure. it doesn't matter what was going to happen. They were just going to hate it. Like it's just watching. Um, and then I do think there's a lot of people who um, it weren't, and I know some friends that it's not actually that they hated it in the sense of like, oh, this show is stupid, but they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's so of Danny's turn to mm-hmm. Matt Queen. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of people, that's, you know, that was probably something they were just kind of not like totally on board with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually think I, I saw a lot of interesting discussions on Twitter. Of, sure. of, I don't think the hate was as widespread. I think it's just very vocal from a group of people on the vocal like the vocal of, minority is what we call them yeah i think it's really like free folk that's like just angry but they're free kind folks of angry okay did not know yeah. i wanted to see how they felt actually so um yeah and i think others like there's some legitimate complaints okay. but i think more sure. or less like it's just sort of it's as as characters would say it's whinging okay um so but yeah okay um, interesting yeah so yeah so i think we we can just dive right in yeah. and we, we kind of danced around it so, so you, normally we kind of go, yeah, go ahead. chronological mm-hmm um, but I, we, I think this, this episode, because it's, it, it's going to touch on so many things, it makes maybe <laughs> a bit more sense to kind of try and go like vertical with each character. Okay. I um, like it. I like it. I mean, I think we might as well just jump right into the, the big it. story, which is Daenerys. Yeah. Um, AKA the mad queen. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it, so we talked about it last week. Like, what do you, like as a whole, like, yeah. are you yeah. cool with that yeah. or yeah, I mean, uh, I'm okay. I'm content with it. Uh, I think a lo- <laughs> I think we, I think we as fans, I mean, you, we've talked about on this podcast. Like, we want to leave the show. I think feeling, I think, I, I don't know if satisfied is the right word, but it might be the right word in a sense. Um, content would be a good word too. I I feel like with her storyline, man, I get it. Like, people are. I get that. I get why people are mad. You know, you have seven seasons of her saying she doesn't want to be the queen of ash and that's what you know all tons of purposes that's what she ends up becoming um i think number one i think we have to wait for the final episode i think a lot of people i think a lot of people come to rash judgment um and the series is not over you know like we don't know what her final end game is going to be like we know we know what happened this episode and we can judge that all by itself but we also kind of have to judge the entire show on what's going to happen at the end so i mean i'm very excited to see what people think over the last episode um, with her storyline, man, like I am cool with it. You know, I was talking to my brother earlier today. I normally don't talk to people after the show because I, I usually try to save my thoughts um, for the podcast. And um, one of the things that I that talked to my brother about, I you know, I mentioned the Mad Queen and we talked about like how she's not really mad because I think mad is the wrong word to, to um, attach to her. I mean, Mad mm. Queen works just because, I mean, obviously we had her father becoming the Mad King and in all, in all in all, he was actually mad. Like he was, he heard, I'm pretty sure like if you go back to the insane. books, you heard, like, he heard voices in his head to burn people mm-hmm. and he was absolutely, he was clinically insane and all these different things and he wanted to kill people and he burnt the Starks alive. You know, he, he, he hid wildfire underneath the city, all over the city, which we saw in this episode, which I thought was a cool callback to that. Danny is like different like she's not mad dude she what I got out of it was that here's 
if you go back to season one, like you, you, like the start of her story, she's supposed to get married to her brother. Her brother sells her to the Thraki for an army. She goes through a bunch of just really bad things in her entire like arc. And, and then, you know, she gets to, you know, she gets to this last season, right? And she loses, or not even this last, the last couple seasons, she loses uh, Viserion, right? Like he, like that's one of her children. She's, she loses Rhaegal. She's her best friend publicly executed. Uh, she loses half her army or more than half her army. She loses the support of Varys, Tyrion. She, Jorah dies. Jon Snow rejects her. All the people that she's ever trusted, all the people that she's ever loved are gone from her life. You know, I mean, you can probably say Grey Worm is the last person, but Grey Worm is more of kind of her commanding officer. I don't think she has, you know, a BFF relationship like she had with Missandei or a lover's relationship like she had with Jon or a respect relationship she had with Jorah. And you can almost like, I, I mentioned this, you, you can see throughout her entire arc that you can see mad queen moment i'm just gonna use mad queen by the way i'm i don't really mean mad queen i mean when we talk mad I, we, we're talking insane um but you can see throughout her entire arc of her story you can see those moments where she kind of loses it right like she burns down the dothraki lead i mean some of it she has to do but you can almost it's like she burns down like you can go back you she burns down the dothraki leaders right like she um kills uh, um, the Tarleys, right? Like you can just see, like she's had those moments and almost leading up to this, but and then add the fact that she's lost everybody and almost everything, and the fact that Cersei, like she, she, there's a moment I think, uh, when we'll kind of get to it right now, but like she's on the dragon, she hears the bells. Every she's thinking probably of everything that's ever happened to her, how. She's been on the run her entire life. How these people hated her. How Cersei and Robert wanted her dead. All these things. And she made it. I think at that moment she snapped and she made it personal. You know. She mm -hmm. she was she was she made it personal and she said, Bump all these people. You know, and, and the fact that she even mentioned, you know, um it it won't be these people who will who will who will live. Like she she was saying like It'll be generations who it, these people know what it's like to live under a tyrant. I want the next generation to not know. Right. And so like, I mean, I, I'm not going to give an excuse of like, I think that it's all deserved max. If that make like all of it's deserved, but I do see the line that the right, cause I'm trying to put myself in the writer's shoes and see how they're trying to, I think, tell the story and what they're trying to achieve. And, for the most part, I thought it hit like more than less. I mean, yeah, is it is it all is is all of it deserved? Probably not, you know. But they told the story; they had to tell the story, and like, there's only one season left. There's no time, and we talked about this last episode. A lot of the problem is that there is no more time, and um, but I think more than less, Max. I really liked the fact that she snapped. Like, I was fine with that because you, I almost you can almost put yourself in her shoes and. You know, I, I, t I think I tweeted it earlier. It's, it's probably a really bad take, but I'll mention it <laughs> anyway. It's like if I came to your house, right? And like I murdered your two children. I publicly executed your BFF, right? Like and, and I, I made everybody who you love betray you. And then 
I invite you over to my family's BBQ. Like, would you be like barbecue? Barbecue. I don't know. Why I mentioned barbecue, but like, I'm, I I invited you to my friends, like my my family's party. Like, what would you like? Would you be okay? Like, would you? Wouldn't you want like some sort of wrath, some sort of like? Wouldn't you be ang- angry? You know, to the point that you might want to hurt me and my family. Like, I mean, we're talking. We're ta- we're just talking about like Game of Thrones, right? Like, um, well, no, but yeah, no. I think it's I think yeah. it's an interesting line of thought it's it's basically the expectation if you kind of take a step back is all these bad things are supposed to ha- or have happened to her yeah not just bad but like what would be like soul crushing yeah um and and kind of the i think the expectation from from fans has been she would just kind of turn the other cheek in a sense and just mm-hmm. be like you know yeah I, i'll watch two of my dragons die mm-hmm. um you know, and I will watch, you know, this person, this man that I'm still in love with, who promised me not to to do something, and he still did it anyways. Yeah. And and watch, like you said, my best friend get her head cut off. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just this been like constant stream of just basically like taking L's, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, there's like she's almost not allowed to have the moment of catharsis. Like, her her assault on King's Landing was almost a cleansing mm-hmm. of, of being able to just kind of scour away what's left of, of mm-hmm. these enemies and to have the bells ringing as a surrender. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you know, being so close and not being able to, to like release that. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and that's the, how I took it is it's just sort of like, this isn't enough. This isn't like just destroying Cersei's army isn't enough anymore mm-hmm. and that she needs to just completely as she says in an earlier scene like she's she this is fear at mm-hmm. this point she is ruling through fear sure and that's that and that was the, the snap and that's when she decided to just destroy King's Landing sure um and yeah so no I I, I think you're you're spot on with the idea of it just being like the it's unrealistic to expect her to to sit there and and just be like all right, you know, and just like you've done all this bad stuff to me, but you know, <laughs> I'll I'll take the high road. You know, yeah. I, I think any normal person would be severely tempted by that. I if mean, you she have yeah, she has a dragon. Essentially, to have yeah, to have the ultimate trump card and never have to pay consequences for what it is that she's going to exactly. do. Right, like that's a that's a dangerous combination. Of oh like, yeah, one or the other, you could almost be like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. But if she like, doesn't have those dragons; she can't do all that you know right and she has them and so like of course she, she i mean for all intents and purposes she has like the nuclear button on her you know with no consequences of if she presses it something bad will happen and i mean we'll see this week right like the consequences will probably come for her this week but in the moment she has no consequences like what are people gonna like all the scorpions are dead or are dead all the scorpions are destroyed right the scorpion <laughs> arrows are destroyed um pretty much the army is like done right like the golden <laughs> r.i.p golden, golden company yeah um like she has nothing holding her back like you know and she see i think when she sees the red keep and she hears those bells there's a lot we there's a lot of if you notice in the episode there's a lot of coming to your senses um with there's a lot of coming to your senses moments in in this episode i mean we talk with john we talk with aria the Hound, all, go, with even Cersei, Jamie, right? 
um, interesting with Euron. Like I can't wait to talk about him because I, 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 I read a certain theory that I, I thought was cool. Um, but for Danny, it's, it's a coming of the senses, but it's, it's the opposite, right? Like it's this, like, I know who I really, I know who I really am and I'm going to let my, I'm going to let it out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I th- found it interesting in the beginning of the episode. Um, what was it? Uh, it was like a bunch of different voices talking over. Oh, and the, we the watched preview. Yeah, the preview, the end of the preview, and like there's a bunch of there was a bunch of voices talking to Danny, or like going through her headspace, which I thought was cool in the beginning. We go through kind of her headspace, and the very last one was her her brother Viserion. Vis, no, not Vis, Viser, Viserys, right? Viserys, Viserys, yeah. Viserys, and he was saying like, let, letting the drag, like let the dragon out. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to, you don't want to awaken the dragon or whatever. And I thought that's what happened at the end of the episode. So, thought it was cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that that kind of um, I don't know what you call it. Uh, the like previously on that yes. did like the entire series. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was running through all these different quotes, and there was I think there was one, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was something like every time a Targaryen is born, the world flips a coin. Yep. Um, and it was a reference to like season two or something like that, which is um, I guess it was Cersei's line where she basically she was asking somebody, "What is that line?" Because in the the implication was, whenever a Targaryen is born, like the it's world. they either are a great ruler or they cause mass suffering. Yeah. And it's just kind of you just get one or the other. Yeah. And. But yeah, like I think the beginning was was of the episode was interesting. Um, obviously, the, playing out some of the 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 aftermath of uh, Missandei being executed, and we see her; she's pretty messed up. Um, and and kind of during that time, it was juxtaposed with Tyrion and Varys not, not colluding. It's really Tyrion being like, "Dude, don't do this." Mm-hmm. Um, but we see Varys; he he did go ahead with his plan to um, to try and and help john if he was willing ascend to the throne and, and we do see a scene where basically john is like i'm not interested um yeah. and finally Tyrion goes to daenerys and and says and is about to tell her and she tells him no i've been betrayed and and Tyrion kind of is like what and she says i've been betrayed by john mm-hmm. and then they kind of realize or or, or both of them vocalized that once John told Sansa that she kind of planted the seed to yeah. have this exact situation happen to, to drive the two of them apart. Um, which I think was, was interesting because it, it sort of, it, she, Sansa isn't in this episode. She's um, not. Yeah. None of the Winterfell stuff is there. Yeah. And, and not being in it though, but she's, she's very present um, sure. during the whole thing because you, you, you essentially see, I think, probably the most blatant um, or, or obvious example of her kind of filling in that little finger roll of just sort of moving oh, pieces nice. a little bit yeah, here like and that. there. I like that. That's cool. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting. Um, sure. But but obviously, Varys at this, he he pays for his his uh, decision. He definitely um, does. What a cool way that she she was doing her like titles thing, and we've heard it a million times on this show. But as soon as she said "Mother of Dragons," like Drogon comes out of the dark, which I thought was a really cool shot. shot. Like, really yeah, cool. and and there was a there was a scene where I was kind of interested, and I, I wish they had kind of referenced it more. But I, on the other hand, you know, show don't tell of yeah. 
her decision to have Drogon burn um, Varys alive. And it reminded me of season season one, episode one, where Ned says, if you're going to hand down the the sentence, okay. you need to be the one to swing the sword. Yeah. And I thought it was just kind of an interesting... Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were intending, but the camera kind of lingered on John, and I was like, I wonder if that was going through his mind of mm. like he's been told like if you're going to be the one to decide someone's going to die, you have to be you have to be the one to do it. Interesting. And uh, yeah. if and, and does using Drogon sort of like kind of separate her from that and make it easy? I hmm, that's a that's a cool take. I like that. Um, I think uh, to me, I. Uh, the dragons are really an extension of her so i could mm. see i could see like that's okay in my book like that sh- i mean she's always used drogon or yeah i mean she's always used drogon to kind of finish out her sentences you know i mean we go back with the marine leaders go back to um or the ma- masters i guess the marine masters go back to the tarleys and now this um what i got out of that scene was just like I think John was a little surprised that she murdered, like she murdered him. You know, I think he's starting to play. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, I think, planting of the seeds of John realizing that she's going to be doing this fear thing more than she's going to be doing this love thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that's another, just, just another moment in his book where he writes down that, Oh, she might be a little crazy. Like, you know, I'm just going to keep, keep that. That's kind of what I got out from, from it. Um, and then, like, I don't know. Like, I'm surprised that John, a lot of, I'm, I'm, I guess we're talking about like surprises. I, I'm surprised John didn't see it coming sooner. You know, like, like a lot of people, I think, tried their best. I think I, a lot of the show, and we can talk about, you know, we're going to do this episode. We're going to do next week's episode or the finale episode. We'll do like a season finale. We'll do a series finale. But I'm interested to see kind of what the biggest themes of the, the actual, like the show is. Like, what are the biggest themes of George's books and and with the show is trying to get across and one of the themes that I kind of got out of a lot of the show is just um oh no I forgot what I was gonna say but more or less like um man I hate that when I forget stuff but more or less it's like a theme 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 um like you're go- like you you almost Oh man, it's the tip of my tongue. John, <laughs> Danny. No, forgot it. It's it's really it's ha- gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. But it has. It, I'm trying to think of it just like saying, you know, you ever do that? You're just like oh, I'm gonna keep saying it, and it'll come back to me. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, something go ahead. That came I'll, to I'll, mind, I'll think of it. It comes back. Um, I was just thinking back to season, or sorry, to episode one or two, the season. I don't remember which one. Where where Sam told him how Danny executed his father yeah. and brother. Yeah. And again, I don't know if this is what they were getting at, but it's another, he's now seeing like confirmation. Like it could have been like, Oh, you know, that's, they were killed in battle, you know, like it happens. But like here we see a, a very conscious decision on her part to, to melt Varys basically. Um, and, and to burn him alive and, and just sort of, it's, I think it's harder for, for John at that point to kind of, maybe pretend that she's not the kind of the other side that he's sort of yeah. that people keep kind of like hinting at. Mm-hmm. And 
and then after that, like, obviously she confronts him about the whole, like, Hey, you promised me you weren't going to tell anyone. And you told Sansa and Mm -hmm. then she told everyone. Um, and I think this is sort of the, it to me in, in hindsight, it was the final like throw of the dice on her part of sort of like, she admits like she's not loved. Um, I, I think yeah. I wrote down the line where she says, I have no love here, only fear. And, and, you know, John and his sort of like puppy dog, he's like, no, I love you and you're my queen. And she comes back with this very bitter yeah. comment where she's like, oh, is that all I am to you? Is, is like, I'm just a queen. Mm-hmm. And she tries to kind of like make this like last like chance of like, you know, she embraces him and they start kissing and he just sort of is like, he's, he's still like not on board with the whole like aunt nephew thing. I don't think he's on board period. Like I think to me (laughs) to me that was their final it like that that was it like for me like that i saw that moment as like you're gonna like john saying like i'm loyal to you and you're my queen but i can never be this person for you like after what we after what i know after what we know and she's cool with it obviously because i think she knows targaryens have done it for like the longest time and she like and she doesn't have i guess that respect and honor I mean, she does have, I mean, okay. Like, I don't mean like that, but like, she doesn't have Jon Snow on her, you know? And mm-hmm. he, and he, to him, like, that's something that he, he can never do the wrong, you know? He and has, it was always his fear from the beginning is that that's why he was going to take the black and, and have no wife was because he was like, I, and I don't know if the show went into this as much, yeah. but I think in the books, it was like very clear of like, I don't know who a sibling is. So I'm just never gonna. So there's sort of like this like un like unacknowledged irony or, or whatever where sure. it's like of all the people like he's so he's basically had he's been with two women in his yeah. life and one of them happened to be his his relative yeah which yeah um, yeah but at the end of it it was sort of I think this was the beginning of her like her mindset changes where she was like, all right, then let it be fear. And yeah. so she's basically admitting of like, I'm just gonna do like, this is what I am now. Like, um, and it was just, to me, that was a big moment of just sort of like, she seems, cause I think leading up to that, there had always been this idea. I think she had had lines where she said like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be queen of ashes and like yeah. all this different stuff, but basically being like, I want to just, show up and have everyone just give me my birthright kind of a thing like that sort of mindset and then we we go to this scene in the throne room with her and gray worm and she and like you were saying earlier she basically was just like yeah all those people they're gonna die but everyone who comes after it'll they'll be fine like i'm doing it for those people and and Tyrion is pleading with her like they're innocent like you you've you've saved innocence before and she just doesn't hear him out Mm. she doesn't care yeah um but yeah it was uh that was i think the moment and and she she accedes to him like with the plea for uh mercy if they they ring the bells and surrender but obviously we see that didn't that didn't stick (laughs) no definitely not definitely not um but um like i I just yeah i'm trying to I, what is your opinion? Because I ha- I have seen some people who have, who've seen the scene with her and John and, and took the tone of she's just as the crazy girlfriend kind of 
Is, is, did you hear that or not, like? No, I no, okay. not really. Like for me, I mean, it's kind of what we said already. To me, I think it's a like there's a lot of coming to senses moments in in this sh- in this episode and in, in the show of like realizing who you are, who you truly are. Like that's kind of kind of where I wanted to get at earlier when I talked about themes of the show and and a lot of the show is just realizing who you are. You know, realizing that you might not be able to escape your past. You know that your life that life is painful and all the things that you've gone through in life help you to become who you are at that moment like you see that in so many different characters i mean anywhere from sansa and the things that happened to her to you know with bran the thing that happened to him in episode one that made him who he is the things that happened to john that makes who he and like and we can go to, to to danny right like all the things that she's gone through all the things that she's ever experienced making it not only to mention like her family name and who her father was and who her brother was it's like you can almost see in that moment of like her coming to her senses of realizing who she truly is. She's a Targaryen and she really wants the throne and she'll do anything for that moment for to that, to make that happen. And she does in this episode, you know, and, and granted, like we, you know, we've made her out to be this character who could be, you know, the person who changes it all. And I think that's what we expected. And I think that's why a lot of people are mad and upset because we expected her to be the one to break the wheel, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and rightfully so like, like if you're mad at her character and like her story arc, like I get it, man. Like I truly get it. But the one thing I'll say is just like, look at everything that's happened to her, you know? And then look at what's happened to her this season. Like that, that is like what you said earlier. It's soul crushing, you know? And we have this character who has the greatest, and most powerful weapon on the show. She's she's uh, what we call in TV and movies. She has like Deus Ex Machina, right? Like she can't be stopped, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and she sees that and she's like, "No one can stop me. Like I can do this, yeah. you know." And I mean, I don't blame her. I don't blame the arc of it. I don't blame her story. I don't blame her character. I don't blame the writers, man. Like. I could see it going both ways. Like I would be fine either way. Like if she, if she ended up being like, um, you know, if she had the Disney ending as what we call, you know, what we call like she, you know, she turned the other cheek and showed mercy, which I thought that was really cool. By the way, her line of, you know, they think they think our mercy is a weakness, but I'll show them that it's a strength. Like I thought that was a really cool foreshadowing of who she is and what what she did. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. Her mercy is going to be a strength when it's going to, when it, when it, ha- when it deals with the generation after this generation, you know, which is, I think, ironic in a lot of different ways. I mean, a lot of women and children were dead, like died in this episode, like millions of people were slaughtered and we can talk about kind of what that means. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not mad because she, I think what I think in the end, I think she did play true to her character on the show and I'm, and I'm okay with it. Like, um, I put, I put this, uh, um, I always reference this. I mean, it's the one max. If you ask me, what's the one line that sticks out to me, this entire series of all the eight seasons of game of Thrones, like, and the line comes from, you know, our boy Ramsey. Like, if you think this is going to have a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Like I always bring up that line. Like that's the line that I bring up the most. And I think that's the truest line that's ever been told on this show. Like this show won't have 
your quote-unquote happy ending. It might have a happy ending, but it won't have the happy ending, you know? Uh, and so, like, I'm cool with her storyline, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens next week for sure. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, too, is also a, a friend of mine I was talking to her about last night's episode, and, yeah. and she was she was a little upset about how it all, and I was like, I was like, the turn was shocking. It wasn't surprising. Sure. Oh, it's yeah. It's kind of the way that I was looking at it. And and I look at it, if you just, if you kind of pull back, like almost everyone yeah. who, has, who has tried to make a play for the, through, for the throne yeah. has essentially had it chew them up and spit them out. Yeah. It's the, it's the uh, line that uh, Cersei mentions in season one to Ned, right? Like when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. There is no middle ground. So if you're going to yeah. win, you got to go all out. Because if you yeah. don't, you will die. I mean, you see that in so many different characters in the show, right? Like, Cer- it's such a great line, and it's a line that rings throughout the entire series. You know, Cersei going up to Ned and saying, when you play, I'm pretty sure it was to Ned, right? Like, she says, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either you either win or you die. And like, we see I, that, and we see that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 then I think kind of to to wrap up on hers is like, she's also a prime example of, um, and I'm unfortunately stealing this from somebody I read online, but I don't know who it was, but they basically were like, she's the, she's the prime example of, of you better kill everyone who you're coming for Mm -hmm. because it's the, it's the mistake that Robert Baratheon made is that he wasn't able to kill all the Targaryens Mm -hmm. and they came back and, and granted he was gone, Mm -hmm. but the, the, what followed from his his reign mm-hmm. is what the Targaryens were coming to destroy, and if you leave anyone alive, yeah. that sort of like is is the was a a victim of that. They're they're probably not going to like it. Um, yeah. And so, kind of to to wrap up her thing, just kind of the only and and just sort of the the <laughs> historical interest was just as she was burning um, the city. Yeah. We started to see these giant green explosions, which yeah. are, of course, the wild, the wildfire stores that her her father, the the full Mad circle, King, man. full circle, yeah. And and this had been a theory that was going around for a while: is that like Cersei was going to blow up the city, and and because it was sort of the like, you know, smash in case of emergency button, um, right? And that we like obviously didn't card, see. Yeah. The whole city explode, but we saw significant portions of it. Start dude, to I go think up. that whole city is done, dude. There is no way that whole city survived, brother. Like, I, I sent one of the developers I work with. Um, yeah. She was watching it on her lunch break, yeah. and after I sent her the scene, no way, that's Thor, so funny from Thor Ragnarok. Oh when, yeah, uh, that's basically what happened. Like, yeah, when he was like, "Oh no, we can rebuild as long as the foundation's <laughs> solid," and then the foundation yeah, blows no, up. That thing is done, man. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah I don't I think there's no like there's no way like maybe some of it's like kept together but you know it, it ha- based on the like two second preview we got of next week there's it looks like it's mainly rubble yeah <laughs> sure definitely um, but so, yeah we'll see we'll but see. yeah so she um but yeah we we got it we we discussed it I know it'd been <laughs> theories that have been tossed out but we we did we got full full uh, mad queen but okay in a sense changing yes. directions yep to another character and this is the this is the storyline i thought was the weakest okay. of yeah let's go through it. of the episode um Same. and it's jamie 
uh, and and kind of Jamie and Cersei because oddly enough, Cersei didn't really seem she was in the episode a lot, but she didn't do much in the episode. Definitely stood on that balcony for sure, like most of that episode. Yeah, are we doing? Are um, we doing? Jamie, we're doing Jamie and Cersei together, or yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. I, I've, yeah, because everything he's doing is to get to her. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the, I mean, kind of the big, the big, <laughs> the, we, we are reminded that Jamie, for all of his skills or whatever, is the dumbest Lannister, is that he, he was caught trying to get in, into King's Landing yeah. with his golden hand still yeah. attached. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested. I mean, with with Jamie, I think let's just talk about the problem. I think the biggest problem with him and the biggest, excuse me, the biggest problem with his writing and kind of his arc. And, it, you know, it's again, like I was fine with his ending and I would love to talk to you about it. Like, you know, we talk about a character who we hated in the beginning and, you know, has always been, you know, has always been with Cersei and, and for Cersei and, um, you know, we, we get through season two and season three and we start to feel for him. You know, he gets captured by Cat, Cat, Catelyn Stark and, you know, we're starting to root for him, in, in, which is such an interesting arc because we never thought we would. And then you get the whole Brienne and, and, and Jamie story and how Brienne has always been kind of his conscience. And um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you know, he's always been, I think, for Cersei and. You know, he even said it last week, like all the things he's done for her and that he's that she to him has always been like his drug, you know, that he could never get clean of her. And we could talk a little bit about, I think, his arc and if we're happy with it. I mean, I can see a lot of different ways of why people aren't happy. And, you know, it, it would be awesome to have him, I think, be with Brienne and, and, and get rid of Cersei. And, you know, he tries his best in a lot of different ways and to do that. Um, one of the things that I, I think came to realize is just, it's just, you know, what is Jamie, like Jamie, if you put him, if you put his, if you put your shoes in his, I think he loves both Cersei and Brienne, you know, um, truly, like, I think he loves them both, you know, I, I think he loves Brienne in a very different way than he loves Cersei. Now, the mm-hmm. pro- the thing with Jamie is you have to ask yourself, like, if you, if you put yourselves in J- in Jamie's shoes, like, he's done some horrible things throughout his entire life. He mentions them, he mentions them last week, and I think the question that Jamie struggles with is, what does he deserve? You know, like, and you're and I'm not asking like, what does he deserve? I'm asking like, as Jamie. Like is is he going to be truly? Does he does he truly want? Does he truly think he deserves happiness, mm. or does he truly think he deserves the other option, which is Cersei? You know. Yeah. And I think a lot of the fact is that he doesn't he doesn't think he's worthy of Brienne. Like he doesn't think he's worthy of a life with Brienne. Like I think he sees it for a moment, and then he's stuck. I think thinking of all the bad things he's done for Cersei and all the things, all the hateful things he's done, all the terrible things he's done. And, you know, I think part of him saying like, I'm a hateful person. I'm going back to Cersei is, you know, I want you to stay here. Like, don't come with me because I want you to be safe. But also I think it's also, I think it's also that he doesn't believe that he is worthy of true happiness. I think what, I think what he believes is, I mean, he says it, he says it like he wants to, he wants to die in a woman, in in the person, like I think, in Cersei's arms is what he's trying to say. Like 
Like, like I don't think he thinks he deserves happiness, you know? And I think a lot of the fans wanted him to, to have that again. I'm cool with him not having that because I think it fits. Like I, you know, I wish to, you know, I wish we could have seen Jamie be with like, be, be end up with Brian and have that life that he's, he's always like, it's almost like the cat, you know, spoiler for Endgame, but like Captain America, right? Like, you know, he want he, he's no matter what, like he's always wanted that life with Peggy, you know, and he goes back and gets that life, you know, with Jamie, it's, he sees that life and he can't get pa- past the fact that he doesn't think he's worthy of that happiness. It's all, yeah. you know, it's, you know, we talked to we mentioned, we kind of mentioned it last week with, um, with, we can kind of think of Jamie as like an addict, you know, getting to rehab and, and seeing a great life in front of him and, and, and seeing like all the bad things he's done and kind of falling back on those things. And that's how, that's kind of how I felt with Jamie and like, yeah, like I wish, I think I wish I could have seen Jamie, I think in a better, have a better ending and, you know, become the man that I think he thought he could be, but at the same time like again like if, if you think this is going to happy have a happy ending like i don't think you've been paying attention and you know for him to go back to cersei and the way he died with cersei and in you know quote unquote they came into the world together you know in each other's arms right like and then they go out of the world together in each other's arms and to me i'm i think i'm fine with it number one again it would have been cool to see jamie have that cool that happy life that he i think he probably did deserve you know because of his redemption arc and it would be cool for Cersei to die in such an epic, different way. But I think it's so poetic that they did end up dying together, you know, in each other's arms. So that's that's kind of what I have to say about it. Yeah, I, I think the when you mentioned like Cersei's drug is like, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head. Is like if you think of him as like an addict, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean um, that's probably how you have to look at it, or else it probably doesn't make sense in a lot of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah, because cause you can then you can kind of look at it and be like, oh, you know, I mean, not to not to compare addiction to a, a TV oh, show, but like, yeah, his, well, obviously, his, yes. By the way, yeah. yes, we're, we're speaking in terms of just the TV show, okay? Like, very metaphorical, very metaphorical, yeah. like, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, his re- road to recovery, and and it was you thought like oh they finally kicked it you know like he, he's finally free of her mm-hmm. uh heading into this season and then even through like meeting up with brianna but the minute he heard that news of like oh she's you know like it was basically like she they're gonna kill her kind of a thing like yeah. it was just what turned him and yeah another another coming to senses moment for sure yeah and i think the reason why it just kind of and i'm gonna skip just one scene that i thought was really powerful is yeah, just go ahead. um when he he's finally in King's Landing, it's just sort of I think I, I think what it is it's sort of like it felt like it erased a lot of what he did. Oh yeah, sure. But and I think it's just like I'm fine with that. Like I'm fine with at the end of the day, like he just is kind of a jerk. Like you know, and like like but you think you have to be to sort of to to go back to Cersei like yeah. that. So I think it just felt like we needed a little bit more. Sure. Kind of justify that, and that's where I just felt it. Like it kind of, I'm fine with the idea of him just being like this. She's she is my everything, and no matter what, I'm going to keep going back to her. Like I'm yeah. fine with that concept. It just didn't land as well for me. But like I said, like it, it, I don't think it was anywhere near like ruining. Like it didn't ruin the show. I just thought it was kind of 
of what was otherwise a very high the highest of highs yeah. for Game of Thrones. It was just sort of like it kind of st- stuck out as one that didn't feel fully formed. Um except yeah. for the the tent scene, which I think was one mm. of the like oh, such a great kind of scene, just, like, dude. Most beautiful scenes. And oh, it's like yeah. So we see Tyrion, he comes in rescuing Jamie once again from being captured. Um and they just have this like amazing heart to heart where where Tyrion basically confides like if if you hadn't been there for me, it, Tyrion to, to Jamie saying like if you hadn't been there for me as a child, yeah, I wouldn't brother. have survived. And yeah. Jamie's like, no, no, you're fine, you would have. And he explains that like, yeah. in a you know he he was hated by his father for killing his wife. He was hated by Cersei for killing her mother. You know, and on top of that, he's a dwarf. And and in the book, he's not just a dwarf, but he's disfigured. And you know, it's just all this stuff of like. He's so hated, and yet he he, Jamie treated him as an equal, even though Jamie was, in some respects, the best of them. The, you know, the greatest fighter, and and for yeah. the longest time, he was. You know, he had reached the pinnacle of sort of like what he was supposed to be as a as a knight's guard um, or king's guard. Sorry, and you know, it's just this touching moment, and and I think Tyrion's gotten a lot of criticism over this season last season of sort of like he's not this like politicking you know character anymore um yeah. and he, he and then you're again you're like oh he's he's so naive he's he's so he's um he's like yeah oh, oh yeah Daenerys will, will pardon me like if she doesn't have to fight through the city if you are able to get Cersei out and then it's just sort of like the facade drops and he's basically like I'm I know I'm gonna die and yeah. And it seems like a fair trade to, to to the exact line was tens of thousands of innocent lives. One not particularly innocent dwarf. It seems like a fair trade. Like it was just such a powerful moment of like both of them realizing that they're sort of consigning themselves to death and, and just sort of facing it very bravely. And I thought it was like it reminded me in like last week's where there was like the, the episode of Tyrion and Varys or the scene of Tyrion and Varys speaking where it's like as much crap as the show has gotten this season, I think mm-hmm. unfairly, like it, it highlights that like it's still, it's still an amazing show because I don't think a lot of shows could capture that sort of emotion as well as they did. Sure. That was, that was a really great, I think moment there. Like I really enjoyed that. Uh, there was like, I think to me that was a huge payoff in a lot. Like we talk about like, what are the huge payoffs? Like that was definitely one of them. I mean, for all intents and purposes like that was the final time that Jamie and Tyrion I think met or at least their final like meeting or their final kind of conversation which was cool because it reminded you of so many moments I think uh two that come to my mind was when Jamie was captured uh by countless or by uh by Rob in the Whispering Woods the Battle of the Whispering Woods you know he's chained up and then of course when Tyrion is awaiting trial when when Jamie comes into his cell and has so many awesome conversations with him um you know I think one of the th- I think one of the things that came to my mind when I'm thinking of like how to justify Jamie wanting to be with Cersei is like another one is just how that he sees an out like they both see an out and or he sees it he sees that or sorry excuse me they both kind of see that like she's hateful but like she still has something to live for and like she'll do anything for that thing which is a child her child her children right her child right like that's the like even though she's probably one of the most evil people in 
Game of Thrones, like they they see that she's like Jamie and Tyrion, they know her more than I think anyone else knows her. And they know that yeah, she's hateful and like she does bad things, but they also know that she'll do anything for her children and like that's I think that's the side that Tyrion and Jamie have always wanted to I think it like adhere to or or um that's not the right word. You know what I'm talking about like talk to, mm-hmm. right? Like and so I think one of the things that Jamie, I think one of the ways you can justify Jamie going back to Cersei is just that he, like he sees that side of her and that's the side he wants to talk to. Like not the hateful side, not the evil, you know, genius slash maniac side, mad queen side, but the side of that she'll do anything for her children. And, and that, you know, he knows that she won't like, they won't wait. Like they won't wait. Like he knows it. Terry knows it. Like, I think that's why it was so important for him to get back to her, to get her out of there so that she, that they could have that, that she could have her child be alive in the end. And like, yeah, I mean, is that kind of like a weak kind of way to justify it? Maybe like, but I love how they still gave you those lines of, you know, they kept going back to that. She like her doing anything for her children. You can see that through the entire show, right? Like all the things they, that she did for quote unquote her children, right? Like to keep them alive. Um, but yeah, like it was such a powerful scene and I agree, man, like that was a really cool payoff, you know, with Tyrion and Jamie and their conversations and how like, you know, that he would be dead without him and it's just, it's interesting, you know, very bad day, by the way, for uh, your boy uh, Tywin Lannister, you know, <laughs> bad episode for him, by the way, like what, you know, what's, you know, he's all, like, what's the one thing, Max, that T- Tywin has always talked about being the most important to him his what oh uh his, his, oh, leg- his legacy his legacy oh, i was even gonna right? say it i was like, gonna do the quote from uh, uh observe and report of my legacy yeah <laughs> you know um, you know his legacy like his legacy has yeah. always been the most important thing to him you know he has a conversation at heron hall i'm pretty sure it's heron hall right like when when he has aria as his servant um you know, and, and he talks about his legacy. Like, what's the most important thing? Um, it's it's the legacy. It's what you'll leave in this world after you're gone. It's what you'll leave to your children after you're gone. And, you know, it's it's very ironic and very interesting and very cool that his last, I think, legacy is Tyrion Lannister. Like, no more, no more Cersei, no more Jaime. Tyrion Lannister, who was the person that he hated probably the most, right? Like, tried to have him killed. You know, I was gonna say two things that are important to uh to uh Tywin Lannister. Number one is legacy. Number two, uh, going to the bathroom after coitus. You know, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I thought it was very interesting that T- Tyrion is the very last. Uh, you know, we just had an episode. I think couple 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 episodes ago, or the last episode, the last of the Starks. Now we really have the last of the 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 Lannisters, which is uh, yeah. Tyrion. So I thought very interesting there. um so you you mentioned earlier so kind of in between all this we um we do get the the last gasp of euron yeah um yeah the fight was it is what it is it had it had to be quick there were so many things going on there like there were so many things they had to talk to get back to not a lot of time i um but you had a theory yeah and I'm, I'm curious to know because I, I have not heard anything related yeah. to Euron. So yeah. I'm, I'm so, very curious to hear so about this. So Euron, I think, is a, 
is kind of a boring character in my opinion. Like if you just take him as a TV is. show, you're on care TV you're show on. you're on. I don't, yeah. I don't read the books. I wish I, I'm going to read the books after the show's all said and done, but yeah, TV show you're on, I think for most of the show has been kind of boring, right? Like he has had one goal in mind and that's to get, to get the queen. Um, and is a little mad, probably no, not even a little mad, very mad, right? Like, my my theory and one that I heard was that um, Euron's ultimate goal, like he's all like he has always been um, obsessed with being Jamie or being jealous of Jamie. Um, he mentioned to Jamie one of the first things he mentioned, you know, other than that very uh, I'm not graphic line I'm talking about, you know, anyway, I won't even mention it, but, you know, he, one of the things he mentions to Jamie is like that he saw him at the Battle of Pike, right? And, and he saw him cut down the Ironborn and how beautiful it was. He mentioned his golden armor. And I think you can, if you if you actually take that and you say like, okay, here's a guy who has always been obsessed with be, like being like Jamie or wanting to be like Jamie or being Jamie, you know, you can kind of see his... um his uh, a lot of his like motivations I think come true you know here's a guy who like always wanted to be powerful you know Jamie was very powerful I mean he was not only part of the Kingsguard but he was the leader of the Lannister army and leader of the Lannisters right like heir to the Lannisters and you know you know he had a relationship with or he has a relationship with Cersei you know why does uh, Euron want Cersei so bad you know like he's meant he's mentioned it so many times you know um uh you know he was what was his what was his very last line max oh yeah his last line was um euron's was he was laying in on the ground and said just looking up being like i'm the man that killed the kingslayer well, yeah i mean yeah like i'm the man who killed jamie lannister you know like he that was his final line it almost like he looked up to heaven or he looked up to the skies and he like accomplished his goal you know, like he was like, it almost seemed like he had a very, um, he was very satisfied with his death because even though he died, he died knowing at least in his heart, which isn't, which ironically wasn't true, right? Like that he's the one who got to kill Jamie Lannister, which, you know, I thought that was a kind of a cool, it makes that, I think I, I, it's not a very like big idea, but I think it's a cool idea to think about, you know? Um, but, uh, again, of course, like we know that he did not kill, uh, he wounded him and probably mortally wounded him. He probably would have died another like 30 minutes, but <laughs> he's not the final one to kill him. And that's, uh, you know, everything falling up, falling on them. So yeah, that's kind of what I, I don't know how you, what you think, but I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on it. Yeah. You know, like, I, I think it's a really cool idea, you know, but I, I also don't like, I'm not going to like, you know, fight die on a hill for, I'll die on a hill for other things, but I won't die on a hill for that one. I just thought it was yeah. a cool idea. Yeah, I Euron just is a mystery to me. Yeah, it, it, just because I, I won't spend too much time on it, just because it's obviously well past that point. But because yeah. in the book, he's he's almost sort of this like dark priest that's like trying to like do some crazy magic and like has his own like little yeah. like like other realm that he goes to. Like, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I just kind of I can't shake the feeling that they wrote him in. And then 
weren't necessarily sure what to do with him now yeah. that he was in. And then he just, that's why he sort of became this like pop up, like, Oh crap, it's you're on again. And he's yeah. like, what's up? Like, you know, yeah, hey, it's yeah. your cool dad. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just, yeah, I agree. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. He's gone. And like, we're not going to spend too much time on it. I think the most important thing is just Jamie and Cersei. How I think they've always kind of, it was meant to be like, I, I don't know. Like I'm okay. I, I, I think at the end of the day, Max, I'm, I'm okay with their story ending like that. Yeah. And, and last thing on Jamie and I don't, I, again, I don't know if it's grasping at straws, but you know, I saw some people who are upset about the Valonqar prophecy not coming true. Yeah. The only thing I did notice or think to myself was she had, she followed, not followed Jamie. She might've been able to escape alive and yet she did and they mm, ended up getting buried yeah which some might say would be suffocation yeah so true i will just throw it out there that i don't think true. that's what they were going for yeah but. they might have not written that i think consciously but that could have been like an afterthought like you know because she followed jamie she followed him to her death and that could have been like i mean we so we have like if you follow the show, like, you know, like a lot about these prophecies, they mentioned them. They've even talked about Maggie, Maggie, you know, Maggie, the right, the witch, right. Is the one who puts the curse on her. Yeah. They showed that in her, in like uh, one of the episodes they showed the, they talked about the Azora high prophecy. Like a lot of these prophecies that are on the show are very throwaway, you know, Max, like it, they're not necessarily like going to happen word for word where they might happen in the books like that. But, Again, like it would have been cool to. There's so many different ways you could have saw like Jamie's ending and kind of been cool. Like if he's the one to make that prophecy true, you know, we can argue like or we can talk about like maybe he kind of did with him leading her down and to her eventual death, which he did like and his death, of course. Um, not purposely, of course, like the purpose was to escape, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, like, we can, we can, <laughs> we can kind of make a, we can pull a thread there. I think a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So kind of the last like main point of view character, yeah. uh, uh, is John. Yeah. He actually didn't do too much either. Kind no. of in the Cersei category. Um, yeah, I don't, how do you feel about John these past this season? I feel like he's relative. He had such an important role, I think. I think I think mainly I think mainly the problem with John is that he's been so focused on winning the war of life versus the dead the dead that he hasn't he like he doesn't care about any, like and he's mentioned he doesn't care about anything else like he's mentioned like if we don't fight this war this is a very bad John impression by the way <laughs> if we don't fight this war then there will be nothing right like there there will be nothing and he's always been focused on fighting the dead fighting the white walkers and that's it and so like you almost have him it almost like it almost seems like he has no purpose beyond that and i think that's kind of a consequence of the writers and of george you know or george's not even there but of of you know of the writers heavily writing him to his purpose of just winning that war and once that's over it's like it's almost like he has no purpose anymore and he's just like a a character who follows almost kind of like I don't want to hate to say this because John's my boy and he's always been my favorite character in the show. He almost has a gray worm role, uh, gray worm role, you know, which he shouldn't because he's so much bigger. And yeah, he's had, I think, really important scenes in the show, but also at the same time, he's also done nothing this season, you know, and I don't know if I don't know how you feel about that. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I, I think, Again, we have to wait for next week because I think next week yeah. he'll uh, have the biggest, <laughs> one of the biggest roles for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is a consequence of, um, of him necessarily or, or the writers getting stuck in a corner with him. Yeah. I, I do think it's more of, you're right. Like it, this was his his goal in in life was, or up to this point, right. had essentially been to to destroy the Night King. Mm-hmm. And now he he is caught up in a fight that the the bargain he made was to do this. I will do that. And we're now at the that part. Yeah. And he's he's in over his head. I mean, he's sitting there like he's got you know Daenerys is is essentially handing him the kingship. Or, or to be to rule by her side, yeah. either as a as a king or a consort yeah. for something he doesn't want. He wants no part of it. Yeah. He even told Tormund, he's like, I just want to go north again. Yeah. And, and I so I think what this is is it's sort of it's his duty. He's he's seeing through his duty that the promise was he would in exchange for fighting the White Walkers, he okay. would fight for Daenerys. Yeah, and now he's doing that, but now he's stuck in the situation of like, oh, she's crazy. Yeah, or she's she's doing things that I can no longer support. Right, and now that's running into his, which I think we will will I mean hope we'll yeah. see resolved oh, we next will. week with sure. with him having to do having to make a decision on that, and so I I think it I do think that his role has definitely uh, receded after episode three, but. I think next week is is will will ramp that back up um, significantly. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in this episode it was just sort of he was sort of the, the I mean he and and we'll get to her shortly is it, um, he was sort of the eyes on the ground of sort of the like to show the other side so that we're not just stuck being like having to root for or only watching what essentially amounts to a war criminal um, in Daenerys. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think what was just most interesting to me was just the, the look that Grey Worm and him, he mm. gave Can we, when let's remember. basically, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically what the, the context there was, they, they went into the city, the Lannisters were surrendering and that was in a, they were all kind of, the the northerners or the alliance forces were all kind of like hanging out w- looking at the lannisters the lannisters start putting their swords down as the bells ring and then uh as danny attacks uh gray worm immediately spears like the captain and some of the alliance go running forward john's able to hold him back and and gray worm looks back at john trying to stop the stop the fight stop the fighting right or to at least keep his people away from it out of right it. And they just have this look of like, you see one who is Grey Worm is like all in after seeing Missandei killed and following Daenerys. He's like, I'm like, dude, you didn't have to, you didn't even need to act. And John is obviously like, "Uh, yeah, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should remember that moment for sure. I, I think that that moment was on purpose. And I think the writers made that on purpose. I think we'll see the consequences of that this week, you know, maybe gray worm like me like the thought i had that came to me was like gray worm will probably bring that up to danny like that that he almost disowned like he almost like 
betray another betrayal i think in a in a very like low-key kind of way you know and i think i think we might we like what i'm thinking is we might get a battle between gray worm and john which would be such a sick oh i hope so that would be kind of a cool battle i think no one ever thought we would ever get but it might happen we'll see um but yeah like i actually really like john this episode um like i know that like if there's a if there's any character i think there's two probably two characters that stuck to their guns this entire show problem number one is Cersei, she's always stuck to her guns throughout, even to the end, right? Like, doing anything for her children. You know, it's the reason why she wanted to be queen, you know, for that child. To give that child uh, the keys to the kingdom one day. And and then John, we have John, who's always been, you know... You know, we, we say that Ned Stark died, right? Like, at the end of season one. But, you know, he he ends up living in a lot of different ways. And, and John, John Snow, you know? And... I actually really liked John this episode. I thought, again, we had another coming to senses episode, and I thought it was cool we bounced around different perspectives. Like I thought it was cool we bounced to Danny's perspective in the beginning, and then we followed um, a bunch of other characters like Tyrion and Jaime, and then we followed John, and then we got to Arya the Hound, and can't we talk about the Clegane You know, but <laughs> but um, but you know, we get to John, and we get this heavy like this moment of like. For some reason, like the writers and the show people love like heavy breathing John, like looking around the battlefield in slow motion and like he realizing what's happening around him and he realizes like this is a this is a sack. This isn't just like a war anymore. Like this is a sack of the city. Like like women are getting taken, children are being slaughtered, men are being slaughtered. Like even like even his northerners are like doing it too participating in it too right like we have that big moment of you know that northerner um taking that woman and and he comes and he saves her and he's like looking at he like turns him around he realizes like it's it's even his own people you know like which i thought was interesting like he had like he killed him um but yeah no like i like uh he like i thought his role was fine in this episode like i i I think i think again like i want to hesitate to say like it was great but i want to also say like it's really important block it's really important block building for what's going to happen in the next episode which i thought was good and fine so yeah that's all i'll say about john yeah um okay so we can just kind of probably wrap up um so we we talked about Varys and Tyrion a little bit um nothing too much to add there other than we do know on Tyrion, he's he is on his last his last life. Um, yep. I mean, not it was not being it was not minced words. Daenerys basically told him if he screws up again, he's dead. Also in the tent, when Jamie says, "If you let me go, this is pretty much signing your death sentence." You know. Yeah, it, and I think this goes back to people criticizing him for it. And it's like I think he knows he's dead anyway, so he's trying to do what he thinks yeah. is right. Um, you know, it's yeah. whatever. I, the one thing to note with Varys is that we did see at the beginning of the episode that he was sending lots yeah, of letters, lots out. and lots of letters, and he was trying to poison Danny, which didn't get me, which didn't get me. Uh, I didn't realize. You know what? I missed that until yeah. I was reading Reddit, and I was like. Oh, I yeah. thought they were trying to get. I thought it was like trying to get. It like was a almost. Little, like, it was almost storytelling, but like subtly saying that like he's a, trying to kill her too. Like, yeah, she's not eating, which leads, which tells us like, oh, she's like something's wrong with her. She might be turning mad, right? Like that tells us that, but also tells us. And I didn't get it till after the show either. Like my, my wife mentioned to me, I was like, oh, really? Is that what you got from it? Oh, that makes sense. Is that like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that like that little girl her little his little birds again like his little whisper birds like 
she works in the kitchen, you know, they're trying to give her food and she's the one probably trying to put the poison in her food and it's not working because she's not eating. Like I thought that was really interesting. And I, and the other interesting cool part was like what you mentioned with all the letters, man, like again, sowing the seeds that who's going to be the leader of the kingdom. Uh, he mentioned, uh, Varys has a really, another really important line where he says, um, power lies where men believes it, believe it lies. You know, mm, like, and mm-hmm. that's such an important, that's such an important thread through the entire series. I mean, you go back to Joffrey and how, you know, when jo- when the people didn't believe in Joffrey, they tried to murder him, you know, and like, and you go back to many different other, other leaders and many other different, um, uh, people in the show, right? Like, like, I mean, Theon Greyjoy, you know, we can even talk well, about like Theon, like saying like, I'm blah, 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 blah. And they knock him out, you know, like. You know, there's many different threads, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, and even Daenerys ran into this when she was in one of the, and I don't remember the name, one of the Essos cities where basically they, she was not viewed as a legitimate ruler and there was just widespread violence against the Unsullied and her and all that. Um, oh, so you yeah. Talk, it, is yeah. A, it, is, it is kind of a common theme of this yeah. idea that um, ruling requires a certain level of legitimacy. Yeah. Um, sure. But okay. The Hound. The so we, we see the Hound in yeah, we see the Hound and Arya. Um, last episode, they were heading out together. Yeah. This time, we see them. They do. They do manage to sneak in with the the refugees into the Red Keep. Best security um, ever. By we'll get the way, get to Arya. We'll get to Arya, but the Hound. Yeah, so we finally we finally got it. We got Clegane yeah. Bolt. I think yeah. I mean, we I think we have to mention um their scene before the when they get to the Red Keep. You know. He says to Arya, basically, like, if you keep following me, this life that we live, like, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, you're going to die. Like, and, and you know, for a second there, I almost thought Arya was going to continue, you know. But it makes sense that she wouldn't, you know, because, like, Arya has never, like, committed fully to anything. You know, you know, ever since being in the castle, uh, the the house of black and white like you know like who are you no one who are you no one who are you i am Arya stark like you know mm-hmm. like we've always seen that and, and it makes sense for her character to real like come to again another come to her senses moment of just i am Arya stark like i'm not this person i'm not this person you know like yeah i i have a set of skills and i'm probably the best fighter in all of westeros but like at the same time it's like like she remembers who she is, like who she truly is. I'm like, it's, I, I, I am so glad that I'm almost so glad she didn't go up there because, you know, last episode she talked about fam- like, like family and she talked about being loyal and sticking with the start, like being a Stark. And, you know, I thought that like, I thought it didn't like last episode, I didn't think it made sense that she would leave. And I think it's kind of cool that, uh, she, uh, ends up going back on her, uh, on her, on her word or not, on, on, you know, back to her senses. But, yeah, the hound. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but you know, the hound. I think, on on the other side of the coin, the hound has al- has always been about revenge. Ever since, like that's his character. You know, he does have a moment where, you know, I think he again, like Jamie, wants to try and live another life, but realizes he can't because he'll never be satisfied unless he gets his ultimate goal, which is, in his book, revenge against, um, Sir Gregor. You know, the mountain. Um, but man, what an awesome fight, you know, yeah. like, not only I, do you have like everything kind of crumbling beside them, but you have the dragon overhead. Cool. Shot. Like if you wanted 
if you wanted your WrestleMania main event to be, you know, <laughs> Gregor versus Sander, like that was such an awesome moment, man. Like so cool. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, it was. I think a lot of people were expecting maybe a more grandiose fight. Yeah. Um, you know, which again, I think that's more fan expectations. Yeah. Outrunning what the show was ever going to promise. Did you uh, think people wanted? Or, do you think people wanted more of um, like when the mountain versus Oberyn kind of fight? Like that was such a cool fight. Or do you th- like? Is that what you think people wanted more of? Yeah. Like choreographer I, well, I mean, and like precise and. Like, I, I thought it was perfect, so, man. Which, which is interesting because I can't remember any particular moment when the show has done a fight like that. Like, this isn't like Star Wars where there's like 10 minute lightsaber duels. That's like, probably the show has never really done that. That's, um, I think Oberyn is probably as close as you'll get. The other, the other fight that comes to mind is when John fights the White Walker for the first time. Oh, in hard home, yeah, yeah. in hard home. Like that was another cool fight, but yeah, Yeah. man, I thought the way it was, the way it was fought, like those characters were never like beautiful. It was appropriately brutal. Sure. Oh, it was very Um, violent. Yeah. Just as the way, yeah, we we got the mountain swinging a sword and like the shots of him like just chunking off rock and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. (laughs) Stabbed multiple times. We had the line where he's like, "Just die already!" Like I thought it was so awesome, man. Well, yeah, and it was kind of an interesting, like, yeah, you're expecting, I mean, most people are probably rooting for the hound, but but just sort of the, um, I'd like to meet the pro, the mountain folks. Um, yeah, it was just kind of an interesting where it's like the hound just suddenly realizes, like, he can't kill him normally. Like, he stabs him in the, in the mountain. It's just like, whatever, and, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's losing. He's losing the battle. I mean, I'm. I'm oh, I didn't he rewind lost the scene because I had PTSD. Battle, sure. But like, I'm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he lost at least one eye doing it. And so, oh, yeah. he finally just sacrificed himself by just pushing him through the the rubble into the fires below. And it was just kind of. I thought it was. I thought it was a well executed scene. It was, yeah. you know. Yes, it could have been more melodramatic, but yeah. at the end of the day, like it was, I thought it was perfect. Um, and yeah, like there was a there was a, a shot that I've seen going around where where the camera's at the bottom of the stairs and the two of them are just staring each other down. This giant hole in the wall and a dragon just goes flying by, and it was like that was that's, cool. that's some good camera work. <laughs> that was very cool. Um, okay, to kind of oh, we have to mention we have to mention like uh, their story ends the way it started in the pit of fire like you know with Gre- oh with gregor yes. pushing his face into the fire and then you know such an awesome shot of them you know going to the fire below if if the fall doesn't kill them and the rubble doesn't kill them definitely the fire kills them both you know and also yeah. i want to mention with before we go I, I i did want to mention how cool and how um uh the mountain being stabbed and also the mountain um having we finally are confirmed that the mountain does have regency of sorts because he does go mm. against the queen and go against kyburn um yeah. which i thought was cool but it's also it also reminds us of the of the magic that exists in the world of whatever's going on with what whatever the mountain is you know and you know we have that line we also have that cool line of you know the mountain knocks off his helmet and he says oh that's what you are that's what you've always been a monster you know like i i just thought that was like again like you know i think people complain about most of the episode i think that's one thing that i think everyone agrees on like that was such a cool fight mm-hmm. and that was really fun so 
that's that's what I'll end on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just to wrap up real quick. So yeah. Aria, it, she was kind of weird. Um, and she was kind of weird. Yeah. Her <laughs> her role in the show was was basically just so that we had a sort of anchor for the the what was going on with like the the city folk. Yeah. Um, which is why she kind of didn't really do much of anything in, in the episode mm-hmm. of of note. Um, which is, you know, we basically we just see her in various scenes running around with people helping them. Um, ultimately, she does survive, although everyone else with her was killed. Um, and it, what was kind of interesting, you know, so like the end shot was just this beautiful scene of her kind of like getting up in the the smoke and the rubble. And she mm-hmm. sees this white horse that's covered in blood and she rides off on it. That's um, Harry Strickland's horse, by the way. Just want to mention that. Oh, that was Harry Strickland's horse. I okay. mean, he's the only one I, was, who I think who had the white horse. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't too sure. I was like, oh, is it one of the Dothraki? Because yeah. um, they rode into the city. Um, but what, what was interesting too is the one of the the young girl that was with the woman who saved her during a stampede. She was clutching a white horse. Um, oh. And I, I have heard a lot of people who have referenced the the very obvious um, death rode in on a pale horse. Okay. Um, yeah. Which. Would be a little heavy-handed, um, <laughs> although we did have Barrick in the the crucifixion uh, pose a couple episodes ago. So okay. who knows? Um, but yeah, not a whole lot there. She was mainly just so they could justify having cameras in the crowd. But um, sure. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Again, I, I yeah. So go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was gonna say. I think that was everything. Only thing that uh, I forgot was just the cocaine bowl was like one of the the best. Um, visual gags was Cersei shimmying down the wall as the hound <laughs> yeah. and the mountain were staring at each other and yeah. it was just a total like I'm just gonna let you guys work yeah, this out and then I mean she just runs off yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah I I think the la- I think one of the last things I'll say before we wrap up this episode is just you know like I get we're all like a lot of people are mad and or a lot of people are upset I, I really want to hesit, like, hesitate to just, if you're one of those people and like, I'm not saying like you're unjustified because I can get where you're coming from, but I also want to say like, let's just wait for the final episode, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of the things that maybe were uh, upset about might be answered in that last episode. And, you know, again, you might be, you might be upset for different things, but I don't know. I'm excited for the last episode, Max, and I can't wait to see what ends up happening to many of these characters, especially what happens with three characters that are left, which are, which is Arya, John and Danny, um, to see what goes on there. You know, a lot of people are predicting that, that the queen that Arya was, um, uh, meant to kill was Danny all along and how Danny's real life or, uh, Amelia Clark has green eyes in real life and stuff like that. And that's what, they're mentioning but you know we'll see what happens man like i'm 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 not gonna come to a final judgment until i see everything all said and done you know we've had some really low episodes this season i get it like i also agree with that we also have we also had a really high episode in this last one i thought was really great episode so you know Mm -hmm. we'll see we'll see are yeah any any final thoughts max uh no nothing yeah like i'm just like i've been saying i think it was a i think it was a extremely well done episode one of the best um and it leaves me feeling hopeful about the finale after being a little bit down 
on on the show after episode four um and uh, but yeah I, I i do i agree i think people need to I, I wish there was a little less negativity but you know hey whatever um but yeah i i think i think we're in for a treat um and it'll be it'll be like we've been saying it'll be bittersweet um you know to finally see the end of this show for eight and a half years or whatever so um Crazy. but yeah all right i think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up right there yeah. um, we've kind of dug in enough um do you want to plug your you've got a twitch you've got a twitter like how can people listen to you how can they how can they join in uh, outside of the 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 day after game of thrones like where can people find you yeah sure uh you can find us on um the ice and Firecast on twitter uh you can find me on twitter at fortitude f-o-r-7 i i t-u-d-e um you can also watch every single episode uh minus the last one well there's only one episode left but you can watch <laughs> uh, my watch alongs that i do every sunday night at 9 p.m uh, definitely would do one. I think Max and I might be planning to do a special pre and post show episode, so we'll see. Uh, stay tuned for that. But again, follow me on twitch.tv slash fortitude, F O R 7 I U T I T U D E. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to find you, any, Max. I don't, I don't have anything to plug. I'm just here. <laughs> Max will bet on Twitter. Dude, follow, <laughs> follow. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm on Twitter, Maxwell Bennett. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, excited dude one more left yeah i think we're gonna try and it sounds like we want to probably do two more episodes um and then uh and then we'll have to see what what comes next for the we'll we'll put the we'll retire the ice and fire cast Uh, uh, until uh until that new show comes out max (laughs) (laughs) but um thanks for listening and we will we'll see you again soon bye guys one episode left cry